are listening to LP Uncovered, a music podcast hosted by myself, Lon Plant. On this episode, I'm joined by the wonderful Canadian singer-songwriter Jesse Roper. Since releasing his debut album, Redbird, back in 2015, Jesse has cultivated his own teeming audience base, from selling thousands of tickets to show in his home province of BC to selling out shows in far-reaching territories. Four years since his last full-length album, Jesse Roper returns with Horizons, his third album. Working closely with famed Juno-nominated producer Gus Van Gogh on this new collection of songs has pushed Roper into creating some of his best work yet. So let's uncover Jesse Roper's brilliant new album, Horizons. I'm so excited to have on LP Uncovered chatting about his brand new album, Horizons, Jesse Roper. Hello. Hello, hello. How's it going? Real good, real good. Good, good, good. Hey, congratulations on your uh, brilliant third album, Horizons, and it's your first full-length release in over four years. How did making this album compare to your previous album, Access to Infinity? Uh, it was different in basically every way. Um, right. When... Like we were looking for a new producer to do the album and it was a big heated argument because uh, the first release there, Redbird, I'd done it with a guy named Joby Baker and I was comfortable doing it with him again. I wanted to. It was kind of rock and roll, old school vibes. And then I got management because Redbird did really well in town. All of a sudden I was sort of on the map. And then they were like, well, we need to get you like more because I'm kind of a country bumpkin. They're like, we need to get less country and more city out of you. You're like, let's make Jesse Toronto. <laughs> and I was like, OK, I guess, you know. And so then we went to like highfalutin producers and it was tricky. We didn't have the same success. And that's quite deflating when you find something that works and then all of a sudden it's not again. So trying to decide what the next songs were and who the next producer was going to be was a bit of a discussion that was uh, a bit intense. And um, yeah, Gus Van Gogh, who produced my last album there, he had done a friend of mine's band named Carmana. And uh, I had heard their previous works and then I'd heard what he did with them. And I was like, it, it, it was amazing, the improvement, I thought. And I, so I was like, well, why don't we try this guy out? And so we sent him a, a note and uh, he got back and he's like, yeah, basically, like, I'll do it but I don't really like your music. I think your guitar playing is average and, uh, and I don't really want to use your band. I don't think they're very good in the studio and uh, I want to use my band. And so it was like, uh, I guess so. <laughs> like, we'll just go, I guess we'll like, I was frustrated and ready to try anything. So I was like, okay, cool. well, whatever. We'll just go out there. I'll do like three songs with them and see how it turns out. And uh, so I did. And like everything about it was kind of different too, just the way he got around to getting sounds and the whole vibe of things. But right away, I could tell I liked him, even though like our first interaction on the phone was a little intense. Like I knew I liked him and the sounds and the vibes that we got right away were like really groovy. So I was very much encouraged when I came home. We had four new songs and uh, folks seemed to like them and I liked them. So yeah, it was like I could go on and on and on. I don't know. I'm probably going to skip right into your other questions here, though. <laughs> well, no, I was going to ask about how it was like uh, producing it with Gus and uh, yeah, what, how that collaboration came about. But you kind of mentioned that and it kind of seems to go down this like funkier route, I would say, or direction in your music, which is just brilliant. And um, I'll be talking more about like the specific videos that you do with each song as we go through the through the album. But how much do you enjoy that creative process, in particular with this album, with the the video side of things? Because they're brilliant. They're so fun. Like the music videos or the live videos? Music video. Oh, uh, I was thinking more music videos, but live videos are also great. Oh, thanks. No, the music video. I love making music videos. Like for me, I just want to make like little movies and then my song is my soundtrack to my movie so like yeah the last one was two wolves i did that with a friend of mine because i couldn't get the guys i was trying to get to do it uh and they're like more professional companies that's what they do for a living and uh and besides they had weird ideas for these videos and i wasn't sure i liked them anyways and i was like i just really want to do like why does nobody listen to me i just want to do something that i want to do so uh, my buddy Pete, who's also in the band, he, he's done some video stuff. And I was like, Pete, 
how about I pay you? You do this. And he's you help me because I don't know how to do the editing and all that. If you could help me out with that, I got an idea. And so between him and I, it was like a 50-50 idea collab, which was great because, yeah, usually my ideas are dirt. And uh, <clears throat> and so we just like passed it back and forth until we were like, okay, this is what we're going to do. And this is how we're going to do it. And then Pete, he's a whiz at everything. And he was like, yeah, he got real in depth with shot by shot. Yeah. Everything that was going to happen. And we had so much fun doing it. And I like, yeah, it, it only couple, took us a couple of days and we made it look like we're in Arizona or something, but we're just in little Victoria, but it's just dry out right now. So we picked our locations carefully, the driest looking ones. And, uh, and yeah, like I'm a big fan of goofy fight scenes, mm-hmm. like I, I, like three stooges kind of stuff. I love that kind of stuff. <laughs> and, um, and like low fi low budget looking, that's what I like. So we did that. It was our only option anyway, because between the two of us, we're not going to make a high budget looking film. (laughs) We don't know what we're doing that much. And uh, yeah, so if I had more time and well, and especially money, um, I would just make like videos upon video. I'd have two videos for every song. Yeah. You know, not quite there yet. (laughs) Yeah, well, they're so good. And um, to go from videos to the album artwork, always talk about it with musicians. How much was that your input? Who put it all together? The album artwork, like it's so vibrant and colorful, like the music itself, really. Yeah. um, I'm trying to think of the artist's name. Natasha uh, Concho, I think is her name. Post Luke on Instagram. Anyways, I found her on Instagram just looking for funky art just to inspire my brain as to like you know maybe this uh would be good for because you put out single art too when you're putting it out on spotify before the album comes out i don't know it's just the thing that you do these days and so i found her art and was like this is cool like she's i like colors and vibrancy and you know how i don't know something that just catches just like all of us (laughs) we've got our own thing we all like i like her and I, so I found her stuff and I was like, wow. And I, and I messaged her and was like, Hey, do you sell this stuff? And she got back and was like, absolutely. So I started using all her stuff for my album, uh, like single art. And when it came to doing the album cover, we got a hold of her and we're like, Hey, can you do this? Like, uh, an original for this album. And, uh, <laughs> she did. And that's what she got back with was the album art. I don't know. I feel like she captured a bit of my character in there and then, I'd recorded the album in New York, so she's got the New York skyline in there. and I don't know. Kind of made it suit me, I guess. Really cool. And to obviously chat through the album track by track, so you kick off with Two Wolves and you start off with the whistling, which I think just really sets the tone for the whole album. Did you always know that you wanted to start with this one? No, absolutely not. We had 13 songs. And as we went, you know, it starts off at four and then I come home and I go back there. I do another four or five and then I come back and they just kept on getting reordered and reordered and reordered. And at some point in the process, um, my manager or one half my management there, Morgan, he, uh, he just sent it to me in that order and was like, okay, boys, here's what we got. And, uh, and I listened to it through like that. And I was like, damn, this is good. You're like, guys, this is the best order we've had. So I just kept it that way. You know, I tried it a couple other ways just to see if, I, you know, because sometimes you can fall in love with something a little bit too quick. But yeah, I uh, kept on going back to that. It was nice. Yeah. And I suppose you say that was the most recent video that you shot for it. Is that the most recent one that you did about uh, the two wolves? Ooh, no, it was in the middle, I think. I went to New York three times. I think it all did it on the second session. Wow. But I can't remember now. It's been a little while. Like, we could have put out this album years ago, but then COVID hit, and we're like, let's hold on to this sucker for a bit. It's too good to just drop. <laughs> had you written any of your previous albums in New York? Had that been where you'd... No, no. definitely. Here, I'm just going to move you. i got to take off my coat. All of a sudden, the sun's coming out. It's been cold in Victoria yeah, today. Yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden, the sun's show. coming out, and I found, like, a nice spot. Yeah, you're looking very cozy. <laughs> yeah. I'm roasting. <laughs> but, uh, no, but I'd never done anything in New York. I'd never been to New York. Oh, and I right. uh, kind of always wanted to. But, I mean, yeah, I live on the opposite side of the country. And uh, it's a long way. So Whereabouts in Canada are you? I'm in Victoria. Ah, oh, cool. So right. I'm on the West Coast. Just living in this little place called Machosen on the West Coast. Cool. On the island of Vancouver Island. <laughs> I love that mug, by the way. Oh, thanks. I just check out this little painting on it. I love it. 
I saw this in Toronto. My the producer Gus, he actually during COVID decided to move back to Toronto because he was finding a lot of his biggest business was coming from Canada, anyways. Huh. So uh, now I record with him in Toronto and I was walking along Queen Street in between some recordings. He was mucking about on the control booth doing something and he's like, just give me an hour roper. I was like, okay. So I went for a little walk in a shop and check it out. And uh, I saw this mug sitting in a window just like this. I was like, Oh, I have to have that. <laughs> so $35 later, it's all I drink. It's Let's talk of the second track, Hold On Me, which I love. And I, I love that it starts off the chorus and vibrant, soulful, rock and roll. Uh, such a fun and joyous song to listen to. Was that the case writing it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's sort of a bittersweet song for me in a way, because like I was broken up with the girl I'm singing about at the time that I wrote it which is often the case. Her and I like to do that. We split up, get back together. It's, we, you know, I need to write an album. We totally break up. And uh, it's, so, like, I was broken up with her at a time, and I was standing out on the front lawn. I'd honestly, I'd just gone for a, for a whiz. And my buddy Mike just came out flying out of nowhere, and this, this chorus popped into my head right after I'd finished. I'm like, you got to hold on. And he comes out of nowhere driving his van across the lawn bumping along and he's like sounds great ropes i'm like thanks mike where are you going and uh so anyways i was like okay that's a good one i guess and uh and then i my manager was like jess i really want you to do something like this nathaniel ratliff stuff and right like usually i just do what i do but i'm kind of open to any challenge and and uh he sent me a whole bunch of tracks he was like maybe try getting something in this kind of box and i was like okay I think I got something already in that box. So I just elaborated on it, wow. sent it to him. And then he's like, you know, he was very enthused. And he's, he's like, that song's going to buy you a house, man. <laughs> and I'm still nowhere near buying a house with that song. I, oh. I think it didn't buy me a shopping cart, but that's okay. <laughs> I still like singing it for people and it's, it's fun. Well, it should buy your house. And actually, it's got a lot of love over here in the UK because it was championed by Joe Wiley on Radio 2, which is huge. Yeah, that was crazy. So, yeah, that's amazing that you, you got that. So he was right. And it all started off from going for a wee. So that's even, <laughs> even better. <laughs> a few of my songs start that way. I don't know why. <laughs> it's falling in my head. <laughs> she got a hold on me. She got a hold And then number three, does anybody know? You mentioned their influences behind Hold On Me. And am I right in thinking that Leon Bridges was an influence behind this song? Nailed it. Actually, yeah. yeah I, um, I often just try to pick things out of my own head. But jeepers, sometimes you hear stuff that just really stirs it up for you. And then, you know, you find yourself writing in that vein. And uh, yeah, um, I've been listening to a whole bunch of Leon Bridges and and just been like wow this is so like throwback and awesome I'd, I'd been listening to him one day and then that night i just sat down to write and that's what came out and it was a really easy song to write i wrote it in like 15 minutes wow and then uh yeah i sat on that one for a while i i remember showing people too and nobody was really sure and then i was like okay i thought it was pretty good and, but it was quite different from the other stuff i'd done my you know my previous stuff were pretty raucous and rock and roll you know and so yeah, I showed it to Gus, and that was the first song he they, he was like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna do this one, man! I love this." So and again, the video looked like great fun. A uh, bit of a workout though. There was a lot of cycling involved. It was fun though. I was cruising <laughs> around. My buddy he likes to collect old garbage, and uh, so he pulled that bike out of the dump and uh, <laughs> been like, "This is a good. Why would anybody throw this away? You can fix it up." Blah blah blah. <laughs> and uh he had like 10 such bikes right so i 
when I, when the guys who are going to make the video were like, you need a bike, like an old bike. And I was like, I know who to call. So I called my buddy, Mike, who'd driving across the lawn in the van. And, uh, I was like, Hey, you got any old bikes kicking around? Mike? He's like, Oh yeah, come on by. We'll see what we got. And he had this perfect red one for the video there. And, and it didn't it, like the pedals moved, but it didn't spin the chain. So we, we pulled it all apart. And we're like, why is this? And, uh, you know what, those kind of things you got, you want to like make sure when you disassemble a hub, you want to know how it disassembles because putting it back together, can be a pain in the butt. And, uh, so we're all trying to get it apart. It's all rusted. And finally the bolt came out and all of the guts just spewed out onto the lawn. And we're like, Oh, <laughs> so we spent the next like 40 minutes putting it together, trying to stuff it in there in different configurations. And it was a brain scratch. And finally we got back in and it just worked. We didn't fix get. anything. We just put it back in there and it pedaled. So I was good. <laughs> I shot the video the next day. Hey, brilliant. And the rest is history. Did you come on down? Sit yourself beside me on my humble ground. Oh, I'm gonna ask a question, and I need you to say, I'm gonna bring you back from the now by the end of the day. And then number four right now, which feels like a real rousing song. And um, so I'm right thinking you wrote this song from an observational standpoint and very much uh, a few years back, wasn't it now? Yeah, I, I'm not usually a political guy, but I guess I'm getting older. I care a little bit more. And uh, and I like each to their own. You can like what you like in politics, but uh, I, I just wasn't a fan of trump's way that he spoke to the public i found that it was just a bunch of nuns yeah he didn't uh he didn't say much and i don't like that i think if you're going to speak speak with a purpose especially if you're going to be the leader of a nation and uh yeah and uh yeah it was a little bit too much schoolyard bully kind of style for me so i uh, i wrote that because it's, it's about the way he speaks mm-hmm. and uh that's how i feel well and it seems i love the like aggressive wonderful like guitar solo towards the end um which came first on this one the melody or the lyrics oh i guess it was the melody but my producer uh gus had been like jess we need a song around this album out that's like and i was like okay so like boom clap boom clap. i'll think about that and i'll see what i can do and uh so i went home and like sometimes trying to conceive a song like that, it's not necessarily my specialty. Like it, my best stuff just is, it just happens. And I think that's that way for a lot of artists. But um, yeah, this one, I was thinking about it and I couldn't, I was, everything I was writing was stupid. And then uh, I was listening to some old voice memos uh, sitting by the fire. And uh, and yeah, like I got to this rhythm that was like, and I was like, wait, it does it. It does it. Okay. So I went with that. I was like, that's cool. It's a cool riff. And then like, yeah, the song kind of like I spat half of it out. And for whatever reason was thinking about Trump and his, his way he speaks. And uh, I sent like the half that I'd written to Gus and he was like, fuck yeah, man, finish that. <laughs> so <laughs> I did. <laughs> and right. uh, yeah, we went to the studio. I didn't think it was going to turn out like that, like heavy, but it did. And I love it. So good. And it uh, leads on really, really nicely to the fifth song, the title track, Horizons. Um, writing it, did you know that this would be the title track? No, I, I you know what? Honestly, I wanted to call it Cool Whip or the album Cool Whip. But my management was like, dab, it's a silly sounding. Like maybe people won't take it seriously. And like, I was like, okay, there's a point to that. So anyways, I was like, ah, but Horizons, it's very in the middle. And I love the tune. It's super okay. unique. So I thought, why not? You know, I'll drag attention to that one. And that, yeah, that, I didn't know it was going to be the title track, but the, it was actually the neatest writing 
um, like in the studio that I did to oh. date. Yeah, it was just like the song wasn't even formed. I I had those lyrics and the melody and like the backup vocals bump and, and the bump, but I didn't really know what I was doing with it. You know, like mm. I had demoed out little bits of it but I didn't know what I was doing. So I showed it to Gus and the demo was kind of cool. And he's like, yeah, totally, man. Like we can probably do something with so this one. When you get in the booth and I'll just give you like a harmonic, like, Ooh, so you know what key you're singing in and just scat it out to the click track that you've already set out. And I was like, okay, that's what I did. And I just like spat the lyrics as they came to me. And then um, we just kind of built stuff around it we added the banjo and we added like the 808s and the um all the guitars and i like i'd never built a song like that before it was totally unique but it took us like half the day and it just kept on getting better and better and better and better and better and by the end of the night we were both like this is awesome holy <laughs> shit and uh and uh we didn't even have drums on it at that point and we we're like you know like I never smoked cigarettes. He's like, I'm going to have a cigarette. You want a cigarette? I'm like, yeah, I want a cigarette. And we smoked a cigarette. And we're like, yeah, we did good today. And it was, yeah, I'd never done it like that before. So it was very exciting. Usually I know what I'm about to get with the song a little bit more, but that one was a total mystery and it worked out good. And just built my confidence in the producer Gus there because yeah. it's like, okay, I'm comfortable enough with this guy just to like invent. And that's not always the case. Sometimes you just, it, it's creative juices don't mix between the two people. So, yeah, that was a cool one to put together. Also one of my favorites. You don't hear me. You don't see me. You don't know I'm in a round. Walking horizon in the starlight for the sky. You don't hear me. You don't trust me. You don't know. Well, another great song is Body Language, number six. And you kind of mentioned the production behind Horizons. What was the production like on Body Language, bringing that all together? Yeah, that was the hardest one by far. Ah. It's actually the hardest one I've ever put together, period. It just was a total mystery. Um, I had like an acoustic demo that I had sent to management. And that was the song that they're like, holy shit, this is also your biggest hit ever. And uh, we need to, like, get the right producer for this song. So that's what sent me to Gus was body language. But oh, he wow. didn't necessarily, like, get that one. And, and like, I knew I wanted, like, a more, like, modern, new school kind of, sort of vibe with it. But I don't know how to get that. I'm kind of an old-fashioned fella. And uh, so, yeah, we tried it so many different ways and uh, built it up, tore it down, built it up, tore it down. And it took to, like, it was the last thing we did on the record was, like, we finally had it like put together and we we're like, okay, it's still kind of rootsy and, but with a newer thing, like it sounds good, but we're not sure. And then we slowed it down like three beats per minute. And it was like, ah, there it is. That feels way better. And so it's just these little details sometimes it takes to get a song. And uh, once again, it was just working with a guy who was like dedicated, to, like knew it was there but just knew we didn't quite have it and was dedicated to getting it. And it was a real cool experience with working with the guy to, to get to that final product. And, and yeah, and, and honestly, I, I hate to give him too much credit, but my manager <laughs> also was the one that's like, you got to slow it down like three beats per minute. I swear to God, man, it'll be awesome. And, uh, and he was right. And that song worked after that. So <laughs> how good are you, would you say you are reading people's body language? Uh, probably terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I can read my girlfriend's body language because I know her so well. But in general, I suck. I, I, I'm just like a clueless sort of fellow that just sort of like bops along to my own rhythms. And, and uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I missed a lot of clues when, when I was younger and, and girls like were attracted to me. I missed all the clues. Yeah, I just didn't get it. And, uh <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, you got the song. That's the most important thing. You might not get the body language, but you get the song. So that's that's yeah. <laughs> Show it on top. Too much. Show me with the most and she pulls it with the touch. Show it on top. Too much. Show me with the love and she pulls it with the body language. 
Number seven, uh, Peace Flag, which I think is such a beautiful song. And across the whole album, as a listener, you feel a real range of emotions. And this one in, in between the two songs as well, just really hits a chord, I found. And um, I love the title, just Peace Flag in general. What was the inspiration behind this song? Well, yeah. Okay, so my girl had a split and gotten back together. And uh, yeah, but... I don't know. Our just our communication was no good. Certain little things becoming big things. I just couldn't stand it. I didn't understand it. And and uh, I had one night after a big argument, um, written that chorus and forgotten about it. And I just oh no, the peace flag was mm. so pretty. Um, and I was on tour and I was glum because like this is months later now. I'm on tour. I'm in like medicine hat. I shouldn't say anything bad about towns. Never mind. <laughs> it's not the most exciting place. Anyways, uh, and it was winter. There's nothing to do in Medicine Hat. But uh, I'd finished up a set. I was opening for this guy named Burton Cummings. He's a big Canadian rock hero right here. And um, yeah, I was kind of glum. My girlfriend hadn't been answering my calls. And and I was going through my voice memos backstage. It's a great time to write. And uh, I came across that. It was like, oh, yeah. And then same thing. I just finished the song and like, 10 minutes because it was just all in there wow. I was feeling it and uh i was playing it and i just like yeah I was like, this is very beautiful and so i waited a bit to show that one gus because it to gus because it's also like pretty vulnerable yeah song for me and uh those ones take a bit to get out sometimes you're like okay here we go like and if you don't sell it it just sounds sucky and once again, getting behind the microphone in the studio and trying to sell that one, I was like, oh, God, deep breaths. But yeah. Uh, yeah, we ended up getting a pretty good vocal take and the song turned out really nice. And there was this guy who ended up just coming into the studio randomly. Um, his name's John Solo. And he was looking to rent the studio, but we were working on Peace Flag while he walked in. And he's like, that's a really pretty song. Like, you guys want any piano on it? And we're like, that'd be probably pretty cool. Why do you play? He's like, yeah and he's like have you ever heard of the band passenger i'm like yeah for sure he's great he's like well i played piano for that guy like oh my God. it's kind of like yeah and i'm like no shit i'm like if you want to do it right now like i'll pay, I'll pay you i guess and he's like sure man so he just hopped on the piano and he was perfect for it, it was like serendipity yeah. he just rolled in and was the right guy for the job and uh and made the song prettier that's cool it's such a beautiful song so congratulations on that one and really cool story, story behind it as well anger is the only defense you know you hold it strong i'm just holding out the peace flag i'm just asking for truth I'm just holding out the peace flag Cause I'm much too tired to spend my days fighting I'm just trying to be in love um, so number eight, another day down. Um, some very relatable lyrics, you know, going so crazy in this four square walls, I stay at the phone, but nobody calls. Um I am thinking that's relatable, especially during COVID times and things like that. Was that inspired yeah. by COVID or was that before COVID or? It was before. It, honestly, I just love being on tour and playing shows. It's my jam. I love it. Throw me out there. I'll be uncomfortable and love it. It's like, manager, why am I not on tour? Like, how am I supposed to sell my record if I'm not on tour? I'm sitting at home being unproductive. Put me on tour. And I was going kind of crazy. I, I just wanted to be out there so bad. And uh, he's always like, we're working on it, Jess. And uh yeah, I was I was going nuts, and my girlfriend can tell when I haven't been on tour. I get a little bit more like, I gotta do something, you know. Like I, I don't know, I'm, I'm restless, and she'll she'll be like, okay, you should then, and uh, <laughs> and so I like left the house and went build a campfire, and just like sat out in the woods and and started on that song. I started just jangling out of my mouth, and I was like, this is God, I feel this way. And then the next day, I started working on it too. And it, that one took me a couple of days, but I finally got the lyrics. So it was like, yeah, this is exactly how I feel. And this is a dancey groove. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, I love playing that one. It's like, I feel very much myself when I'm doing it. I don't have to conjure any kind of like feeling. I just do it. And that's how I, because I very often, I'm like, I got to get out of here. I think if I was born in like, you know, 16 something or other, 
I would have definitely been on the ships. Take me across the sea. I, I'm an adventurer, you know, like I like to see new stuff. So cool. What will be some of your bucket list places that you really want to do a show? Oh, the UK, 100 <laughs> percent. Hang on. Have you, and, ever, uh, have you been over here before? Have you done a tour over here before? No, never. And I, I just, yeah, oh man, it'd be amazing. It's absolutely bucket list to get over there. But oh, uh, I've been over there one other time or, or the only once in my life. And I just went for a vacation. Oh, I'm going to go see England and uh, see what that lots of history back there. And uh, I ended up getting pink eye on the plane <laughs> and I had it for the entire two weeks that I was there. I couldn't make a damn friend. I was there on my own. It was the loneliest trip I ever had. I couldn't see out of my eyes. <laughs> oh my god! Like wandering the streets on my own, wishing I was having fun. Oh no! <laughs> That's a shame that didn't make it onto the album. Just pink eye. <laughs> yeah, totally. Eh? Maybe it will the next one. Yeah, I'll claim it if you did. Um, but yeah, you have to come over because it'll be amazing. It'll be so good. And I was out on the road again Another day spent in this paradise jail Trying to make pennies just to pay my bill Going so crazy in these four square walls Staring at the phone, but nobody calls So number nine, Brightside um, Really powerful opening with the lines There's never been a war caused by kindness And um, it's the longest song on the album Yeah, what was this one like to, to write and bring it all together? Yeah, I guess... It was kind of random. Our social media and our connectiveness we got these days with our phones and TVs and uh, are much more that way. And you see a lot of aggression in the world and a lot of just finger waving and you know bombs dropping. And 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 uh, I guess it's human nature, but yeah, sometimes it, there's certainly no need for it. And so it's constantly on my mind. Like I wish it wasn't quite this way. And mm. uh, so, yeah, I was just sitting in my room where I tend to do a lot of my jamming and I was like, came up with the opening riff and I hear, dunk, 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 and then my door blasted open and, and my girlfriend, Willow, she's like, what is that? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just doing it. And she's like, do more. And huh? she rarely is like, like, she lets me like come up with it. She's actually great. So gets it. The writing process somehow. Yeah. Uh, so yeah for her to come running in i was like oh it must be a good one so so i like recorded that little opening riff just so i didn't forget it and i worked on it a little bit more and then half an hour later i just sort of blurted out the first three lines and then and the door blasts open and she was like that's so good keep going and i was like okay <laughs> so i find like with songs about like not you know like being better as humanity oftentimes i find them really cheesy you know, like they're very preachy or whatever. And like, it's a fine line of like a song that means something like that. And the song that's like, okay, we get it. Shut up. You know, cause I'll, I'm like that too. And uh, so for me, it was a real big challenge to make a song that I didn't want to tell me to shut up through. And uh, it took me like a year of like, I just go out for walks in the woods and like um, brainstorm I came up with so many different lyrics for that song, so many different configurations. And finally I was like, okay, this is, I think pretty good. Yeah. And so, uh, and it meant something when I, when I played it, I felt it and I didn't feel like I was being too preachy. I don't know. Yeah. It's a fine line. And I'm sure there's people out there who are like that song, stupid. No. <laughs> that guy's trying to live. But that's okay. You know, I, I had to say it. And uh, so yeah, I put that one together and then I went to the studio with it and was like, what do you think of this, Gus? And uh, he was like, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. And I, But it's like six minutes long. He's like, there's places I can see where we could cut it. And I kind of want to, but at the same time, like I can tell this means a lot to you and the lyrics are good. So let's just, let's just do it how it is. And I was like, oh, good. Like, that's <laughs> awesome. We'll do that. <laughs> and then we added the horns. I'd never imagined we'd have, I mean, horns in my music is new. Yeah, really cool. So, yeah, that's how that one came about. There's never been a war caused by kindness. There's never been a wound suffered from acceptance and compromise. 
Um, number 10, You're My Lady. Vocally, surely this is one of the more challenging songs on the album. Actually, it's not. <laughs> for no? some reason, You're My Lady. <laughs> it's just as easy for me. And uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love this song. Okay. I was just going for a hike. And sometimes I like to yodel, but I'm a terrible yodeler. But my, apparently my great-grandfather yodeled on the farm, and he, he farmed like like 200 acres out in Winnipeg. Um, and so nobody could hear him. So that's a great place for practicing your yodeling. I don't have that kind of room always. And uh, I don't know about my yodeling chops, but I love to like yodel. And I, I was saying that, yo, Melody! And, and I don't know, it just like, I started laughing at it and doing it over and over and over. <laughs> And then I got in my truck and I drove back to the house because I'm like, I think I got a song here. And then as I was driving, like the morning, sweet darling, was planting, started coming into my house and uh, into my head. And I just pulled over, read it over. And then I'd be driving another line. And so I pulled over and read it in. And uh, basically, by the time I got home, I was, I was like, okay, well, this is a very simple song, but I think I got one. And I, I uh, put it together, sent it to Gus. And he's like, that's so goofy, man. Okay, I'm in. And uh, <laughs> he wasn't too, too sure, like, if it should be Yoma Lady or not. Like, it was because <laughs> it is kind of silly. He's like, yeah, he, he wanted me to try all of this different stuff. And I did. But I was like, but it's about my girlfriend and she's my lady. Why can't it be Yoma Lady? <laughs> so in the end, I, I won that discussion or he relented. I don't know. And uh, and it stayed Yoma Lady. And, and yeah, it's kind of like a... Um, a sneaky little live favorite now like people go and they sing yo Lady" with me and everybody feels goofy and it lightens yeah. the whole place up it's great yeah get everyone yodeling and everything they love it morning sweet darling what's your plan today think i'm gonna sit on down and make sweet music play i might be getting older but there's still fruit on the vine I'm gonna sing you polytones and then I'll make you mine. Your and then the 11th track, Cool Whip, um, which I'm writing thinking is kind of the story about this guy called Snoopy and this car set in the year 1999 on the streets of Langford, BC. Um, yeah, can you expand a little bit more on that story? Yes. Okay. So back in Langford in 1999, gangster rap was like everywhere. Uh, even I was listening to it. I'm not really much of a rap guy, but, but yeah, it was everywhere. And like all the thousand dollar cars had $3,000 stereo systems and everybody was driving around with like serious bass rattling their windows. And there was fuzzy dice jingling everywhere. And I kind of liked it. And I don't know. I, I just like, I enjoyed high school and that was the thing going on while I was in it. But I also found it very silly because a lot of the rap lyrics were like about it's hard, it's hard. And there ain't nothing about Victoria that's hard. Like it's pretty nice out here. And uh, anyway, so I always kind of got a kick about it. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know why I started singing about it, to be honest. It was like another one of those ones that just sort of randomly plopped into my head. And I like the riff came first. Um, I just sat down and was like, okay, tonight I'm writing a song. I don't care what it is, but I'm just going to start something and finish it. And, uh, and I don't often do that. I usually try to like let it conjure on its own, I don't know, thing. And then I work on it until it's done and however long that takes. But this one, I was like, no, I'm just going to do it. And uh, so I came up with riff and immediately I was just like, and I liked it right away. Usually I'd come up with something that sucked way worse than that. And then I'd be like, okay, well, what do we got? And, uh, and then immediately I had another riff. And so I just got out my Mac. I got a really crappy recording set up out here. I uh, just did interface and a mic kind of thing. Actually, you know what? I didn't even have the interface. I was recording it right onto my Mac. Yeah, that's right. So it was terrible recording quality, but whatever. Um, and I started just layering stuff. And within like 10 minutes, I was like, wow, this is actually cool. So I went outside and because uh, I was like, okay, I should get some lyrics. So I find like going for a walk uh, helps. Ah, so I, I went outside for a little walk under the stars and uh, and I stopped 
And I was looking up at him, and boom, it was like, Snoopy roll hard, he got low cock, if you know ground. And I was like, whoa, I got to get this. So I ran back in the house, and I just freestyled, like, because I made myself a loop of the track. Um, and I freestyled, like, way more lyrics than actually made it to the song. And, uh, and it, it was, like, lyrics are sometimes hard for me. It's probably the hardest part, unless they're falling into my head. But on this night, it was the easiest part. And, and I didn't write anything down. I just said it. And that's why wow. the lyrics are kind of goofy. Like, like wide, wide, whippy, slide, cool, little whip. Like, it doesn't really make any sense, but it just is. And uh, so, yeah, that was just a freestyle. And I, and I was having so much fun doing it all on my own. And then I kind of got to a part where I was like, okay, I don't know what else to do. And so I just like flicked on my speakers and danced to it like three hours. And then uh, the next, yeah. And, and um, so why is it about that? I don't really know. It just became. Do you enjoy writing with these like characters in mind sometimes? Like obviously some songs are very personal, but is it quite nice yeah. to be able to take a step back? Yeah, absolutely. Pretend you're something else for sure. You know, like I think, I think that's, uh, you know, when I was a little kid, like I said, I, I grew up out in Chosen here and it was very like, be home by the time the sun's down. And so we played in the woods and we always had like, we we're playing with sticks and rocks and stuff. Like you had to use your imagination. Yeah. And so, you know, like you see little kids playing with any toy and they're like, this is Bill and Bill's a Tonka driver, you know, or whatever. And it's like, they're just making it up. And I think that's cool to do. Mm -hmm. So I still try and do it. Um yeah this is fun and it's really enjoyable to hear as a listener as well like you talk about these like silly lyrics but it's very like happy and nice to be able to sing along to as well if that makes sense too yeah totally And so 12th song on the album, Hooks, and I love the lead vocals and very much like finger snapping, foot tapping, which is like in keeping again with the whole album. Um, in relation to like all the different tracks, where did this one come in terms of writing it and uh, producing it? So I went over to my buddy's house. He was fixing my guitar. Um, how's that riff? Uh, I'm just trying to think of the riff. There's like a guitar riff. He had fixed my guitar and I was standing there like I'd checking the action on it or whatever. And uh, and the guitar riff for hooks just sort of popped into my head. So while he was explaining what he'd done and the price and all that stuff, I just started playing it mm -hmm. and not really listening to him and being like, this is groovy. And then <laughs> I uh, I paid him up for his work and then I drove down the road like a couple blocks and then just pulled over and was like, yeah, something I like about this. And then I went home and I showed it to Willow and was like, check this out. And she's like, oh, yeah, it's kind of snappy. And and then um, the the next thing that came was uh, the tell me who got the hooks on you. And I thought that was kind of cool. And I layered it up as like, OK, this is the harmony I want. But I pictured it more. Have you ever heard of the Sheepdogs? No, I haven't actually. Oh, they're cool. They're like a Canadian like they do like classic rock today. Cool. But but they're from today. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, it sounds like the seventies, but it's from today and uh, it's really good. And, and so I was picturing it being more like a sheepdogs esque sort of like classic rock sounding song. And uh, I took it to the studio and Gus is like, yeah, classic rock. Hmm. And then uh, he just like started doing that bass riff over it while I was playing it. And I was like, this sounds like Dr. Dre or something like, or like, <laughs> Yeah. West Side Connections. Like, I love that bass line, but like, are we really going to go this direction with it? And uh, he's like, I don't know. Let's just try it out. And I was like, okay, I don't hate it. You know, like, let's do it. And, uh, and then like, I'd never really um, used samples on my tunes before, but we'd just done it with Horizons. And I was like, okay, like he wanted to throw some violin synced strings on there and, and some other 808 stuff. And I was like, okay, let's try it out. And, to me strings are like 
I got to take some deep breaths. You know, we're going to put strings in my music. But, it, you know, it made sense. And the more that I listened to it, that, you know, every time when he first put it in, I was like, can you just bring it down in the mix a little bit? Like, I'm not sure about that. And then by the last day in the studio, I was like, we got to turn those strings on, man. They're great. <laughs> I and, love the uh, Yeah. And it's definitely that song that, like, it's kind of similar to Cool Whip for me, where it's like, Cool Whip is a goofy, goofy song about, like, the bass sub listening to music. And that song makes me want to drive, like, low and slow with the bass cranked i mean he i don't know why but he was like uh yeah the song's for the jeep people i'm like who are the jeep people he's like the jeep people are the guys like rolling around town with like the big expensive jeeps with the tires they don't need and the and the stereo system that goes so we both have a similar idea of what this song is doing tell me who's got the horse in you The last song on the album, Who My Little Lady, and you can really hear how much you like enjoy singing the song. I feel like at one point you're almost like laughing in the song. Um, how did how did this one take shape? Um, okay, so yeah, I mean, I get all kinds of things popping in my head and like much more than people know. And uh, and uh, I don't know. This one just was like, I was just sitting there one night and all of a sudden I found myself being like, who my little lady, who my little lady, who my little lady now? She's my baby. And I think I was doing it. Like, well, yeah, I think, I think Willow was cooking dinner or something like that. And I was just like, you <laughs> sometimes i just sing about her randomly <laughs> and uh and then i you know was like this is kind of fun and so i came into the room my recording room here and and i recorded it because i was like i don't know maybe it's a song and then all of a sudden i found myself still there two hours later being like this is fun and uh and then the lyrics i didn't know what to sing like i just had like the chorus and the idea and then same thing. I just was like, Gus, I got this thing. I don't know what to do with it. And he's like, oh, that is so goofy. It's kind of like uh, uh, to put the lime in the coconut, drink oh, yeah. it all up. <laughs> so we oh, listened yeah. to that song and we were like, why don't we do something like this? Like a uh, lime in the coconut with it. I was like, yeah, I love that. Because like myself, when I was a kid, I had this album, My or my dad, my parents had this album called Funky Favorites. And it had like... Uh, it was a one horn, one eyed, one horn, flying purple people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know yeah. And all those kind of book it up bikini songs. I loved them, all those novelty songs. And so for me, this was, he was like, let's go that direction with mm-hmm. this. And uh, so I'm stoked to have a goofy song. But yeah, same thing. It was like, we sort of built it and we're like, okay, this could be the structure maybe. And then I was like, but I don't know what I'm saying. And, and uh, he's like, I don't know, Jess, just get in there and scat something out and we'll see what we got. And I was like, okay. So I went in there. I was in a great mood. And I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> little baby. Ooh. And I was just in a great mood doing it. And and um, there was some stuff we had to fix. Like, there, yeah, there's parts where I'm laughing. And it's real organic. And and it, and um, and Gus wanted to keep that. He loved it. So I was like, okay, we'll keep laughing there. It's cool. And then, but some of it, like, I'd like, sort of been like you know like you'd say something like shram round because you're just space filling and then you're like okay what's a shram round and then you gotta figure out a word that like sits there so it makes sense with the rest of the stuff you just scattered out so there's a couple spots where we'd be like listening to the track and then i could be like going down instead of like round round yeah you know and uh so there was a couple little fixes in it but otherwise it's just a, a one take freestyle that just became that song Oh my little lady, oh my little lady, oh my little lady now. She's so my baby. Oh my little lady, oh my little lady, oh my little lady now. She's so my baby. Oh my little lady, oh my little lady, oh my little lady now. She's so my baby. Oh my little lady, oh my little lady, oh my little lady now. She's so my baby. Amazing. And it's such a good way uh, to finish the album. And like I said, just it's such a great album. So eclectic with different songs. And uh, 
yeah, definitely each song and makes you want to listen to what's coming next. So like some quick fire questions, a lot of this we might have covered already. Uh, which song would you say came together the quickest and which took the longest on the album? I think, okay, quickest on the album. Probably does anybody know that one was like, Gus already knew what he wanted on that one. Uh, the one that took longest was Body Language for sure. We went there, started it. It it took all the sessions to get it. And then further, it was like just about to the mastering stage when we finally like slowed it down a bit. Blimey. Uh, do you have a favorite song off the album? Cool Whip. But then Who My Little Lady is also really close second. Nice. Uh, do you have a favorite lyric? Uh, <laughs> I mean, the whole Cool Whip song, I guess. But then also Hooks where it's like, relax get yourself an ice cream i don't know <laughs> yeah. i just it's kind of random yeah 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 i saw the ice cream you had on social media not that long ago it looked amazing it was crazy that was like four dollars i asked for a once or no two scooper i was feeling it right but i thought two scoops would be like you know two small mountains it's like the whole bucket <laughs> yeah um and uh which song do you most enjoy playing live um cool whip or right now seems to go over huge it's wild we hit that and it's like every time i play it everybody sings it i guess it's just that simple that everybody can sing but it's like they're waiting for it and the whole place goes like this when we do it so that was an unexpected surprise sweet um so we do this final game called what's the occasion and i give you three different occasions and you've got to pick one different song off the album for each occasion. So we've got a wedding, a dinner party. So kind of got like background music on or a car road trip. So wedding, what would be your wedding song? Got a hold on me. Nice. Great one. Uh, dinner party. So like talking piece. I'm thinking two wolves. Ooh, yeah, great. It's kind of low key. People yeah. can talk over it. No problem. But it's still, it would tickle your eardrums a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great one. And a car road trip. You know what? Maybe I take a bit. Maybe it's, does anybody know at a dinner party? Yeah, I'm, ch- I'm changing my answer. Change, that's fine. You could change it. Yeah. Does anybody know? Great. Yeah, yeah, great one. Yeah. Car road trip. I think another day down or a cool whip. Nice. Yeah. Great. <laughs> um, Jesse, thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure um, being able to chat with you and just congratulations again on the album. So, so good. What have you got coming up in the future? Uh, well, I'm just getting ready. I'm cleaning up the van, getting all the stuff fixed up, and then I'm going on tour for a month. Uh, I'm driving out to PEI, which is the other island on the other side of Canada. And then we're going to zigzag our way back across Canada. And we got like 25 dates and wow. 30 days or something like that. So it's going to be, oh, it's going to be a lot. Great. Yeah, that'll be so fun. Well, enjoy. And uh, hopefully you will get you over here in the UK soon. I'm crossing my fingers big time. Come on. We've got to, we've got to make this happen. Uh, thank you so much for coming on, Jesse Rafer. Uh, have a great rest of your day. You too. Thanks for having me. Bye. All righty. See you, Lauren. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of LP Uncovered. If you like this one, you can go back and listen to all my previous episodes featuring lots of wonderful musicians. Just head along to wherever you listen to your favourite podcasts and subscribe away. Likewise, you can follow LP Uncovered on Instagram to keep up to date with upcoming episodes. <laughs>